Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast. We have a quick disclaimer. All material presented within Hustle Class LLC is not investment advice, but for educational purposes only. Trading involves risk and you are solely responsible for your investment decisions and assume the entire risk of any trading you choose to undertake. Owners of Hustle Class LLC and its representatives are not registered as security broker dealers or investment advisors, either with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority. Please utilize a registered investment or financial advisor to make any financial decisions. If you choose to invest without seeking advice from such an advisor or entity, then any consequences resulting from your investments are your sole responsibility. By utilizing Hustle Class LLC in our content, you are indicating your consent and agreement to our disclaimer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You already know what time it is. It is Jermaine, and I am back at it again with another one. Welcome to the Hustle Class Podcast, where we give you exactly what you need when it comes to the game of money and making moves to get that bag. Yes, Sersky, you know your boy is back, and it's a new year, and so, you know, I've already started implementing my new year. Remember what I said about how, you know, putting too much pressure on yourself in January is, you know, basically suicide in the new year for the goals that you want to reach because you're putting so so much expectation on yourself on day one. Why not set some goals towards the end of the year, right? So, for example, when 2023 is coming up, start setting your goals in August and September. Start implementing those goals in October and November. And by January, you will already be catching your second win to continue the race into 2023's excellence. So, please, make sure that you guys are planning ahead and executing accordingly. So, you know how Hustle Class, we like to start with our song, right? So today's song that I'm going to be referencing for our Hustle Class podcast is a song by Kendrick Lamar off To Pimp a Butterfly. And this song is called Wesley's Theory. And in this song, Wesley's Theory, right, I didn't get it until recently, but the theory, you know, Wesley's Theory is about Wesley Snipes. And, the th- and, you know, Wesley Snipes had a lot of um, tax issues that he dealt with, and he had to, you know, he got arrested and stuff for tax issues. And so uh, Kendrick talks about Wesley's theory and talks about the fact that, you know, they give, you know, black people all this money um, sort of just to rob, rob it from them or to not teach them how to use it correctly or how to pay taxes or, you know, recouping money that they've given you for loans and stuff like that. And then, you know, you end up getting blamed on the back end and end up getting arrested and jailed on the back end when you really didn't know what you were doing anyway with all that money. But it was coming because, you know, you were of use in whatever the scheme was at the time. You know, Wesley Snipes is one of the best actors of all time. So in Wesley's theory, you know, Kendrick says... um, when I, got, when I get signed, homie, I'm act a fool. And then he proceeds to talk about all the different things he's going to do when he gets signed. And this co- contributes to the fact that sometimes when we get money, it's like, ooh, I'm about to go crazy. When I get that check, I'm going to do, you know, you're just going to go, you know, berserk, right? And so, you know, he talks about that in the song. And later in the song, how it ends is there's some ladies singing, tax man coming, tax man coming, tax man coming. So don't forget, when you get signed, you go act a fool, but the tax man's coming, right? I know a lot of people are waiting on them tax refunds. I know a lot of people are waiting to get their W-2s, W-4s, 1099s, all of that. Everybody wants every penny they can get back. Um, you know, it's tax season. Um, so, you know, tax man coming. But those who splurged a lot, you know what I'm saying, don't forget that, you know, you should make sure that you're budgeting and, you know, you're saving some of that money 
you know, rainy day funds, investing it, um, making sure you're giving back to, you know, those in need, whether they be family or they just be people out there who need a helping hand. You know what I'm saying? Because this life is all about what we do while we're here. It's short. We're here one day and then we're gone. It's all about impact and what we can bring forth to the table, what we can do to help other people. All right. So I know y'all tuned in for that free game. I know that first segment was a lot of free game. So just, you know, take it all in. Right? Now, today what I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, the stock market's been doing, like, relatively terrible, um, you know, this January. But, you know, people like me have been looking at this as an opportunity to, you know, go crazy with, um, you know, investing. Right? And so... Today is, um, you know, it's the end of January, and since the end of December, the market has dropped 12%. A lot of people are feeling like they've lost so much money, they've wasted gains, X, Y, and Z. But this is why the, they always tell you don't buy at highs. You should never buy, you know, 3 to 5% from the high. The, the market has to drop below that before you're looking to buy. That's what a lot of people say because, you know, the stock market is cyclical. As it goes up, it's bound to come back down and go up again. You know, so if you buy it on the up-up, you might miss that opportunity of buying it at a lower price. But then we also encourage people to dollar-cost average and not really care too much about the direction of the overall market because the overall market is always going up or has been going up for as long as any of us can remember, right? So, now, understanding what's going on in the market right now, right? So, in stock lingo, right? There's something called a pullback when the market reaches a high and drops a little bit, right? Now, that pullback happens every so often. I would say, looking at my chart right now, that pullback happens every, let's see, pullback July 13th, pullback August 13th, um, pullback September 17th. Pullback November 23rd. We could say there's a pullback relatively every month, if not every other month, right? And a pullback happens to be when the stock price drops, the overall market drops 5 to 10% after a recent high. And so that's a pullback, right? It happens very consistently, so we need not worry when the market pulls back because it happens so consistently. What happens after it pulls back 5 to 10%? It creates a new high. And then it pulls back again, 5 to 10%. Then it creates a new high. Then it pulls back, right? So the market keeps in that cycle, right? Sometimes it's less than 5%. Sometimes it's not even a pullback. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's not. It doesn't even reach that pullback level. So, you know, be mindful of that, right? But what happened that scared a lot of people this time around was a market correction, right? Because a market correction is anything dropping from a recent high 10 to 20%, right? The market has dropped 12%. It went back up today, right? Today, the market kind of went a little crazy. It went up 6%, but the lowest it's hit since its recent high was 12%. So a lot of people were afraid. Are we heading to crash territory? What's going to happen? Right? Because a crash or a bear market is anything 20% lower, right? If the market drops 20% or, or more than that, that would be like a crash or a bear market, right? So right now, we had a correction. And part of the reason why a lot of people were, you know, somewhat terrified by this is because the last time, right, the last time that we had a correction of this magnitude was, let's see, 
around, I want to say, September of last year. So, um, I mean, not September of last year, September of 2020. So we have not had a correction in, you know, a year and some change. So a lot of people were concerned that this is the beginning of the end. Um, but I will say that the market is resilient. Um, at a time like this, it is very important to just focus on those long-term plays, right? Averaging down. There are certain stocks that you are up on, let's say, 200%, 300%, and now you're only up 100% or 150%. It's not a bad time to sort of add to those positions, especially if they've been treating you well ever since you've bought them, right? Don't forget good companies. Don't forget long-term-minded. If you look at a chart of the stock market and you zoom more more further out, you'll begin to understand why a lot of people focus on long term. You don't have to spend your whole life dedicated looking to a, looking at a screen. You can focus on other things like your family, like the things you're interested in, like, you know, just enjoying life, right? But you're still growing that equity. You're still growing a base. You're still building a foundation for wealth, whether it be generational or just for you. You know, you're still building that base of wealth. So, you know, with that being said, have no fear. The market is not going anywhere. Now, because interest rates are, you know, rising, things are things are going to might remain choppy in the market and things are going to be a little scary. But in the face of fear is where the best opportunities arise. When the market bleeds like that, that's an opportunity for you to buy things low that you never thought would get to those low prices that they are that they are at now. People are like, squares down to like $100. Oh, my gosh. It's like, so you would rather buy it at 280 than buy it at 100 I think I would buy it at 100 because I know it's going to go back to that 280 right? That's going to be nice profit for me. That's going to be easy money for me. It's all about the game of patience and about buying when other people are running away with your due diligence and with your research because it has to be a good company. If you are buying the dip on trash companies, you will suffer. You have to buy the dip on excellent companies with excellent profits, excellent balance sheets, excellent visions and opportunities for the future, and actually already executing on those visions for the future. Not they're going to do this one day, they're going to do this one day. No, what are they doing now? You know what I'm saying? In relationships, it's about what have you done for me lately? Don't talk about what you did to me when we first met. What have you done for me lately, right? <laughs> right. So now you understand the difference between the different phases in the market, right? We have regular, you know, market drops, right? That's going to be anything under 5%. That's a regular, right? Because like I said, stocks are cyclical. Yeah, they have to have an up and down motion. Imagine if it, all you saw on the chart was green, 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 green. You'd just be waiting for the red to show because, you know, it's a part of the, it's a part of the game. So, you know, you have your regular drops, right? Then you have your pullbacks, which is 5 to 10% drop after a recent high. You have your corrections, which is a 10 to 20% drop after a recent high. Then you have your bear market or crash, which is over 20% drop from a recent high. So just remember that next time things are happening, right? And if, let's say, you have, you know, $100 to spare on positions, right? If you see a pullback, you could put, you know, 10% of that 100 into that. You see a correction, you could put another 50% or another 20% or 30%. You know, let's say 30%. So you see a pullback, you put 10% of your money towards that stock. Cool. You see a correction, you put 20% towards that, that stock, right? Then you see a crash, now you put 50% towards that. Because that's, you know, it's kind of like 10% off, 20% off, 30% off. It's like everything is on sale. 
So, you know what I'm saying? You want to make sure you're executing. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure you're executing on the drops in the market on good companies, right? Now, speaking of executing, I had a friend who asked me, hey, Jermaine, how do you manage all your money so well with rising expenses and everything going on in life? How are you able to allocate funds in a way where you're constantly growing your portfolios you're constantly paying down debt. How are you doing all these things simultaneously? Because it seems like you can only get but so much money. And I told the person, like, execution is key. And how I can execute at a very high and efficient level is by having, you know, systems and automation and certain structures in place so that I don't really have to think much, right? The other day, I sat down and I allocated, okay, how do I want my 401k to look? What do I want to buy? So, my 401k is literally split like, oh, this money goes here to this company. This money goes to this one. This money goes to that one automatically. So I don't have to think about it. It's automatic. I have a system in place that automates my process so I don't have to think about it. And if I don't think about that, I can come up with more creative ways to pay off my debt. I come up with more creative ways to make more money. I can do so much other things with my time because I'm not so focused on something um, as small as what companies to buy. I've already automated that process. I did my due diligence, I did my research, and now I've automated on what companies I'm investing in for the time being, right? Same thing with um, putting money into my portfolios, right? You can, set up your, um, you can set up your different brokerage accounts to automatically withdraw money from your account, right? And that also helps with budgeting because if the money's automatically withdrawn from your account, it's money you're not seeing in your account, so you're not allocating that, that money to something that you're going to buy or something that you're going to spend money on, Right? Let's say I had um let's say I got a fifteen hundred dollar check in my in my account, right? And I and I had allocated five hundred of that to a to an investment account. Once that money hits my account, I and that five hundred gets taken out, I only see a thousand. Now my budget is 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 surrounded or my budget is focused on a thousand dollars. It's no longer focused focused on fifteen hundred dollars. So that's gonna end up helping me save more money because I'm not gonna think I just have all this money to just spend, you know, frivolously, right? So that's something to think about, right? Automation, right? I automate the, check, the takeout for money to come out of my, um, my checking account or my bank account, right? Good. Another thing to do is also inside your bank account, you can have that savings or you can have a situation where you set up your direct deposit to, to put a certain amount of money into one account and a certain amount of money into another account. Similar process. If I have a savings fund that I'm trying to start and I have my direct deposit, automatically going to that account, I will no longer have to worry about that money when it hits my main account because I'm not going to see it. So that's my stash. That's money that's tucked away. That's, uh, you know, compounding as I keep on getting more and more deposits. And that's going to be useful someday. But in the meantime, I'm not adding it to my budget of what I can just spend because that could end up leaving me high and dry, to say the least. So that's what I told my friend. I told her that what makes me execute as a high level is having that automation and having systems in place. Um, another thing that I like to do is hold myself accountable. So I have a net worth tracker that I created in Excel, and I have a budgeting tool that I created in Excel so I can monitor all of my expenses um, and track my net worth. Because if I have goals for net worth on a year-to-year -year basis, I'm always working towards something. And, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't reach anywhere if you're not working towards something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to, you have to take steps actively in a direction to make, to make, you know, gains in that direction. Right? If I'm just standing in one place, nothing is happening. But if I'm taking one step at a time, I'm moving somewhere. So I set 
my net worth goal for the year and I try to take steps on a month-to-month basis to achieve those goals. So that's something that I also let her know. And also let her know that um, when it comes to that budgeting sheet, um, it's more it's more or less, you know, people always say now that we don't have cash and you can just use your card, it's easier to spend money because you don't actually see the money leaving your hand. Seeing the money digitized on your phone makes it seem like a game and like it'll come back or money's just going and coming. It is what it is. But if if you track your expenses day by day, you enter them into your Excel sheet, you're really seeing and crunching these numbers on how much you're spending on a day-to-day basis. It can really change how much you spend and make you, you know, budget a little more and make you a little more frugal in some of your decisions because like anybody else, it's okay to splurge. Sometimes you got to, you know, do what you got to do. But at the same time, when it's too much, too much because you don't want to splurge yourself into poverty or debt, right? So you got to make sure you're acting um, accordingly, you know what I'm saying? You got to act right. This has been the Hustle Class Podcast. It's a quick and easy one today. We talked about Wesley's theory, right? That was the first thing, Kendrick Lamar bars. And we talked about how, you know, we think when we get this bread, we're about to go stupid, but the tax man's coming and we get taxed all over, right? And then we talked about market, you know, um, pullbacks. We talked about market corrections and we talked about market crashes. And then we ended on a note about maintaining systems, right, in place, as in, like, what what stocks you're already going to buy. You already have systems of what you already know you're going to do um, and systems of automation. There's a system of automation for the direct deposit, system of automation for your investment portfolios, system of automation for what stocks you're going to pick your 401Ks. Once you have systems and you, auto, and you automate stuff, it's less on your head to worry about because the money's just going somewhere. Now you can use those brain cells to focus on something more important. This has been the Hustle Class Podcast. I'm very grateful that you all listened and you've stuck with me this long. Let's maintain. Let's keep going. You already know I'm going to come back again with another hot one next month. Let's get it.